Hello and welcome back into the podcast, Dodging Through the Ravine. It is your host, Young Stud, coming to you live on the airwaves with my co-host, Jacob. Jake, it's the first of the month. First of the month, the last month of the year. December is upon us, 25 days until Christmas. What are your thoughts? What a year it has been. It has been a year of a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, a lot of new things to fill, a lot of new experiences that I've had. I've had a lot of fun this year. I've done a lot, concerts. You know, I, I did a fair bit of traveling, a lot of Dodger games, a, a lot of Dodger games, probably too many Dodger games. I probably should have traveled somewhere, but regardless, it was a fun year, and Man, 2024 is upon us, and something that I really want to do in 2024 is I really want to be more present in, like, everyday value. You know, everywhere I go, I just – I want to be present. I want to remember where I am. You know, it's it's January of 2024. All right, let's – let me just – let me be where I am wherever I go. It's kind of a little deeper thing, but, you know, it's something that I want to do for myself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody has their New Year's resolutions. Are you one of those resolution people? No. It was something that during high school I would do. Oh, yeah, new resolution. I'm going to do this, going to do that. But if I'm being honest with myself, for the past, I would say, month and a half, almost two months, I've been working out well. I've been focusing on dieting more and more. You know, I still eat a lot of snacks here and there, whatever, but dieting and working out, hiking, I've really been on my exercise game, so I don't really see like a New Year's resolution. I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a corny, cheesy thing, I feel like. I mean, if you have resolutions, by all means, keep doing your resolutions, but why not start today? I I get the whole fresh start aspect, you know, first day of the year or whatever, but um, you can always start today. There's no right or wrong place to begin begin a change in your life. Um, but all of that being said, ready to talk some baseball. Yeah, ready to talk some baseball. Of course, in the midst of the offseason here, the winter meetings begin on Monday. So this show is Friday, December 1st. The winter meetings begin on Monday. And so uh, we'll see what we do our next show. We're aiming for next Friday, again, a week from today. We shall see if that, you know, falls through or we have to do an emergency pod based off of a Dodger signing or if the big one gets signed, Shohei Otani. I mean, we might do a pod even if we get signed not to the Dodgers. We shall see. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to the winter meetings. Again, baseball wants to own this week in the middle of the NFL season, NBA season, NHL season. They want to be the talk of the town. Baseball does in the middle of December. So they encourage a lot of signings, trades to take place during this time. It's watch promoted quite a bit because all of the general managers and all that are in one spot negotiating on the spot. So uh, some Dodger news to get into here with Jason Hayward. He was signed a few days ago, a week ago, whatever it was. 
J.J. Hayward back for one year with the Dodgers, $9 million. What was your first initial reaction to those numbers? One year, $9 million. I thought it was maybe a bit of an overpay for Hayward, but what he brings to the clubhouse, and he is a Gold Glove winner. He did do that a couple of seasons. And, you know, I think he, he's really going to be a, a mentor out there for Outman. You know, he, Mookie along there as well. But I like Hayward. I really do. I like his uh, clubhouse, you know. And he's Jason Hayward. He just feels good. Yeah. Um, I, I like Jason Hayward last year. I, I was pretty much vocal about it all season long that I thought he was performing better than David Peralta. And it kind of ended up being that way. And so Jason um, Hayward provides a gold glove in the outfield. David Peralta does not. And he provides a better bat. David Peralta does not. And no offense to David Peralta, but Jason uh, Hayward just outperformed him last year. And so just Hayward being back, if I had to pick one or the other, yeah, Hayward was definitely the guy. $9 million for one year. Yeah, like you said, a bit of, bit of an overpay there. I would prefer 5 to $7 million for Hayward for one season. Uh, but he was signed to her minor league deal last year, making – Bare, min- bare minimum, and obviously he cashed in, right? So um, good for Hayward, for the Dodgers. Again, I, I just – I don't want to see platooning. Like, I, I just – I'm kind of over the platooning stuff. I, I really just want to see everyday players, one through nine. You know you're going to the ballpark. You know who you're going to see at the, every day in the lineup, right? It's like, huh, who's going to play today? I, I, I just – I don't like the platooning. And so if this means platooning is going to be back next season, I'm not sure how excited I quite am. It could mean that it will be back. I mean, Chris Taylor is still on this team, infielder, outfielder, kind of what the Dodgers were with. So I wouldn't be surprised by it. Yeah, so that's already two guys that the Dodgers have technically re-signed. Max Muncy, I mean, he had a club option, but they extended him. And Jason Hayward, the Dodgers last year, brought back. I would love to see Kike Hernandez be brought back, but I'm just afraid you bring in Kike, you're getting a little bit into, like, the same team aspect. And this team last year didn't perform, right? And whether that's on the players or not, make the case. I don't think it's completely on the players at all. But I don't want to run the same team back next year because this team was not good enough. Um, with that being said, though, the Dodgers have some uh, questions to be answered here the next few weeks because the Dodgers need pitching. And that's no secret. We've been very vocal about the potential guys on the market out there that the Dodgers could sign. And they're still out there. Uh, one guy who is not out there is Sonny Gray. He did sign with the St. Louis Cardinals for three years and $75 million. Sonny Gray was never really in the talks to become a Dodger, like, ever. I never heard any rumors surrounding Gray and the Dodgers. So the fact that we hear rumors about Yamamoto and Snell is kind of a good thing because that means that they actually are serious about those guys. So Sonny Gray was never serious to become a Dodger, but um, he signs with St. Louis for $75 million. Just your quick thoughts on that signing. I don't know if it's a bit of an overpay or a bit of an underpay. Sony Gray was, I believe, top five Cy Young a couple of seasons. So 
you know, regardless of that, you know, seventy-five million is good for a Cy Young pitcher. I just don't know if he's going to stay healthy for that long. He is kind of entering his late thirties, so for the Cardinals, good signing for them. They needed starting pitching desperately, so they do have an ace with him and Miles Mikolas and Lancelin. Wouldn't say ace, but yeah, they got Lancelin too. Yeah, uh, so Sonny Gray off to St. Louis. You know, Sonny Gray would have been a nice little depth piece. I would have admired Sonny Gray. If that was the main guy that Dodgers get, I would have been a little bit of, like, what's going on here. But they got Sonny Gray and Yamamoto or Snell. I would have been pretty happy. But so far, Nolo they struck out on. Sonny Gray they struck out on. Um, There's, you know, Montgomery's still out there. I, I just don't see how he doesn't resign in Texas, but he's out there. Snell's out there. Yamamoto's out there. Um, we're going to see what, in fact, does happen. But the Dodgers need pitching. And so if they do sign Otani, they're still going to need to add a frontline starter. And people kind of get kind of lost in the sauce, right, because of Otani. But they still need pitching, plus Otani. Yeah, Otani will not be pitching for – believe this whole 2024 season so even if we do get Otani yes everybody should know that pitching is the priority yeah absolutely and so my next question is is it fair to grade the Dodgers offseason just based off of if they get Otani or not no so if the Dodgers don't get Otani is it automatic F grade for you no, I mean, the I, for me, the priority is pitching. Even if we don't get Otani, we we need at least two starting pitchers and then maybe a back-end one as well. So I would I would really just, you know, get the pitching first. If we don't get Otani, then, hey, you know, we didn't get him. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't think it's fair either to grade the Dodgers offseason just off of whether or not they got Otani or not. That's not completely fair, even though I'm really harsh on the Dodger front office. If they get a Yamamoto, they get a snail, they add a couple of good bats, whatever the case is, I'd be fulfilled, right? So far, the Dodger offseason between Jason Hayward and Max Muncy, I'm going to C minus. So I think a, I think a C minus C is pretty fair. These moves with Max Muncy and Jason Hayward being back are not really moving the needle, right? And that's what I'm saying. Running the team back, that team that didn't, you know, make it last year is not moving the needle. So, yeah, Hayward's fine. He's a great bench bat. Muncy, I don't need to speak on Muncy. But, um, like I said, for me, so far, it's a C-minus. So, they got some work to do. Yeah, definitely need some more work. Hayward and Muncy cannot be the only signings. That would just be the worst offseason in history. Uh, they won't be the only signings, but so far, mild. The, the kind of mid, right? Kind of mid is kind of the point I'm hitting on. Uh, Nelson Cruz was signed with the Dodgers, not as a player. He retired last year or this offseason just a few weeks ago, I suppose. 
He's retired. Nelson Cruz is slugger who I don't think he ever got to pop under home runs. Maybe he did. He didn't. He didn't. Okay. He didn't. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so, yeah, Nelson Cruz, retired slugger, played with a ton of teams, uh, immediately gets signed with the Dodgers as an advisor. Do you happen to know anything more than that about Nelson Cruz and the Dodgers? I think that it's a good signing. You know, overall, he has a big I think whatever, you know, prospects are over there, I think the Dodgers will be able to get a good hand on them. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, Nelson Cruz in your organization, I don't think it's a bad thing, um, especially for the Latin players, which the Dodgers sort of lack – they sort of lack Latin flavor on this team, especially in the starting lineup. But uh, with the prospects and all that good stuff, maybe, maybe that could change. Maybe this helps. Who knows, right? Who actually knows what goes down? But Nelson Cruz in the organization, I think that was a pretty cool move when I first saw it. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if we ever see him, you know, in or, in or around the stadium. We may, yeah. He could be walking around. You never know. That would be a cool autograph right there. Yeah, most definitely. So that is kind of all of the Dodgers stuff that uh, that has come out over the last 10 days. Um, like I said, I expect things to sort of ramp up here really soon this coming week. There's going to be a lot of flurry of signings and trades, and we'll see if the Dodgers are involved in any of them. I would be I'd be shocked if we're not talking about a Dodger trade or signing by next Friday. So just put it that way. By next Friday. Okay. We shall see. Um, do you have anything else you want to add with the Dodgers talk? No, when it comes to all these big free agents, Yamamoto, Otani, Snell, I think the front office management, you know, just – they need to prioritize pitching. You know, there's there's still a lot of hitters out there. The massive money is going to go to Yamamoto, Snell, you know, individually. So it's just they they have to get it this season. You know, there's there's no more, you know, oh, we're waiting, we're waiting. You know, the last guys, Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Max Scherzer, you know, it's just it's time to sign someone big. Yeah, I, I understand your sentiment, but I'm here to tell you right now that Andrew Freeman doesn't work like that. Um, he's all about a win. He's not well, not window, but he's all about a consistent model of winning, sustained winning. That's what he's about, of giving your best chance. That That's what Andrew Freeman's about. Sustained winning, not just going all in, putting all your chips in on one basket. That's not how he works. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna see. We're gonna see by next Friday when these winter meetings end. Oh yeah, but that, with that being said, he definitely needs to sign somebody big of you know, like you said, superstar caliber and Otani, Snell, Yamamoto, or make a trade. There's plenty of uh, trade speculation out there. He can make a trade. I'd be interested to see what he does. Yeah, a trade would be interesting as well. So this is 
this could be quite possibly the biggest offseason in in Dodger history or Andrew Friedman's history. It, I think it's fair to say that um, with the Dodgers as the betting favorites for Shohei Otani. Moving on to across the league here, going to get into some trades and signings. Um, Eugenio Suarez, a day after we last potted, the day before Thanksgiving, Eugenio Suarez was traded to the Diamondbacks. Um, kind of shocked by that, but I'm not shocked because they needed a third baseman. But they went the cheap route in Suarez. How do you feel about those D-backs with Eugenio now at third base? No more Evan Longoria. It's now Eugenio Suarez. No, it, it's a good trade. Definitely not a bad one. Does have a club option as well. So we shall see. I, I know he's a good hitter. Defensively, not so sure. But me personally, I think I would rather sign Evan Longoria back. That's just me personally. Me personally, I would rather have Suarez. But I'd rather have Chapman over Suarez, who's on the market. And I thought the D-backs would sign, but clearly not. So um, Suarez, I think he's a little bit of an upgrade, comparatively speaking, to Evan Longoria. So in that sense, the D-backs should get a little better. But to me, it's not an earth-shattering move. But I think it's a it's an under-the-radar move for sure. And so we'll see if uh, Eugenio does, in fact, fit in with Arizona next season. Um the Reds also making some moves. Uh, Emilio Emilio Pagan and Nick Martinez, so two ex-Podgers there, going over to Cincinnati. Two pitchers, Pagan has been kind of bad the last couple of seasons. Nick Martinez has been over-liable for the Podgers, or had been. Uh, kind of a innings eater there, works in the bullpen, starts some games. They both signed with the Reds. How do you feel about that? I think it's good pickups for the Reds. Nick Martinez was pretty solid with the Padres. So I like that move. Yeah, twenty six million for Nick Martinez over two years. So he got he got a good chunk of change there. And yeah, the Reds, they definitely needed some pitching because that was like their weak spot last year. So the Reds getting pitching depth definitely does not hurt them whatsoever. So um they definitely need more to contend, but some good moves. Uh, there by Cincinnati. Some, some veteran arms right there, yep. Yeah, exactly. And um, Luis Severino was signed by the Mets. Um, of course, the ex-Yankee struggled there with New York at times, had some bright spots, but overall was not very good last season. And uh, we were kind of worrying a few months ago, like this is going to be the Andrew Friedman <laughs> reclamation project. Severino, that is. Luckily for us, it is not. He's not. Um, he signed with the Mets, so switching boroughs from Bronx to Queens. And so uh, the Mets, this move to me, I mean, Severino's a depth piece. I mean, if they're counting on Severino to be a, a top five guy, that's, that's a little bit worrisome if you're a Mets fan, but a five six guy, I think it's fine. Yeah, Severino definitely going to be like a four or five guy. In the rotation. So, um, yeah, we'll see what the Mets do. That team was really bad last year. And uh, finally, ending on today, I believe it was announced that Gabe Kapler has been hired not as manager, 
but as an assistant GM or assistant to the GM, um, I guess that's assistant GM. Anyways, uh, Gabe Kapler's with the Marlins down in Miami. So uh, we kind of speculated whether or not Gabe Kapler would be hired again. And in fact, is that's the GM. Yeah, good for him. Pretty much the uh, he was the manager for the Giants, right? Correct. Yeah. So he, he was on that team when they lost in the division series, if I remember correctly. So moving up the spot to a general manager spot, pretty good for him. Yeah, so we'll see what Gabe Kapler does. Of course, Gabe Kapler was in the Dodgers system once upon a time, has now found a home in Miami with the Marlins. Um, that's pretty much all the baseball news that I have here. Is there anything else you want to add before we do get to fair or foul? There was that Brewers prospect who signed like an eight-year right. deal as well. If you heard about that. I did. Um, do you happen to know his name? Uh, I, I do not. I looked up. I looked it up a couple of times, but I do not remember his name. Um, yeah, the Brewers prospect. Give me a second here because I don't want to botch his name. It was eight years, eighty million with a, like two club options. I think that's not a bad contract right there for a guy who hasn't even played yet. He's still in the minor leagues. Can pay ten million it. a year. My tripping. Where, where is it at? Where to get uh wrong? Give me one second. Jackson Churio. Yes, Jackson, Jackson Chirio. That's how I'm going to pronounce it for now. Jackson Chirio, eight, six years or eight years? Eight years. Eight years, $80 million. Uh, Brewers prospect was never played a single MLB game. We've seen this a lot with uh, some teams that sign their prospects because they think they're going to be good or whatever. And I'm here to tell you right now, it doesn't work out. So – uh, I don't expect this to work out in the Brewers' favor. I mean, he could be a decent ball player, but to live up to all of that hype, I don't think he'll live up to that hype. I think this is a move signaling by the Brewers that they're going to go into a rebuild. And so uh, you might see a fire still here with Milwaukee. Um, and so they kind of hope that maybe Jackson could be part of the next window that they might have later on down the line. But, uh, yeah, the Brewers – Look for them to try to trade Christian Yelich here in the next year or two. And this is what this tells me. Yeah, might be the move. Even though there is talks of Corbin Burns being traded as well, this might be the case for that whole Brewers lineup. Yelich, uh, Adames, Brandon Woodruff, all of them might be gone. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye on Milwaukee. They're an interesting team uh, to be on the lookout for in the next coming season. Um, ready for fair or foul? Let's do it. Fair or foul? Designer handbags are a waste of money. $20 ones work just as good. It's not a waste of money now. still currency. You're going foul? Yeah, foul. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, because you can say that about anything, right? Like, oh, it's just always money. Just get the cheap one, right? So, um, I'll go foul on that, too. Um, fair or foul, tattoos have lost all meaning. They're just body decorations. No, uh, um, that's foul. Definitely foul. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tattoos in certain cultures, like, now I'm using the Hawaiians as example, like the the Samoans, uh, Samoans, I believe, yeah. You know, they have uh, tribal tattoos dating back, f- f- that's their culture. You know, tattoos are, some. I would say they're symbolic in a good way, because they represent heritage, culture, and just who you are and, like, what you represent outside of yourself. You know, even, uh, you know, you can tattoo your own last name, you know. I definitely think that with all of, you know, these, you know, new tattoos, people getting, like, the whole arms decorated with just, like, honestly, just really dumb stuff. Like, I, I think that's really dumb. I think, like, you know, if your tattoo has, like, a deep meaning to you, then, yeah, go for it. But I don't think you should be plastering yourself with tattoos. Yeah. Um, do you have any tattoos? I do not, know. Okay. I just have a lot of scars. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any tattoos either. But are you interested in tattoos? Like, down the line? Is that something you, you want? Or... I am, yeah. Yeah, I, I do want to eventually get some tattoos. I just don't know of what. Just waiting until I actually know. I don't want to put something and then... Oh, you know, I want to take it off and then it's, it's going to be their whole life, right? Yeah. Or I mean, I guess they could take them off. Is that a thing? Like, is that a really a thing? Like, yeah, they can laser remove them. It just kind of looks funny after. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll go fell with that too. I don't really have lost all meaning, but some people just kind of just put random tattoos everywhere. I think just kind of looks a little off, but. Uh, most tattoos have a lot of meaning, right? You don't just put nothing that you don't doesn't mean nothing to you, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, uh, I think tattoos can be really cool in that aspect. Um, Agreed. Lastly, fair or foul, keto diet is the best diet. I'm gonna say foul. I I don't know. I've never done a keto diet. I, I wouldn't say it's the best one. I would say maybe just stick to like a, a carnivorous diet, you know, include some meats, some rice. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to say foul. Just, I don't know too much about the keto diet as well. Well, the keto diet consists of a lot of cheese, butter, oil, seeds, nuts, etc. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh... You know, I'm, I'm gonna say. Uh... How did you ask the question again? Keto diet is the best diet. The best diet. Yeah, I'm gonna still say foul. I'm, I'm gonna say you have to include some meats in there. Some yeah. meat, definitely. Yeah, I'm gonna go foul as well. That to me doesn't sound like a great diet. If I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, yeah, definitely not. To me, like diets and all of that, like yeah, I'd get on a diet, but 
really just just eat clean. I don't know if we've talked about it or not on this podcast, but just eat clean. I mean, you know your body better than anybody. Just eat clean and respond to how your body responds, right? You do that, I think you'll be okay. Definitely. Yeah, eat clean, listen to your body, you know, um, and don't overeat as well. Overeating and letting your food digest, definitely important. Yeah, definitely do not overeat. Um, so yeah, I'll go foul if I didn't say it already. Anything else that you want to add on this episode of Dodge into the Ravine? Want to give a special happy birthday to Vin Scully. It was his birthday recently, and there was a beautiful view over Dodger Stadium. So, you know, if that wasn't symbolic enough, you know, happy birthday to Vin. Every Dodger fan loves you. Misses you on those podcasts. Podcast? What am I thinking? <laughs> Man, when Vin was on those radio talk shows and commentating the Dodger games, you know, his voice was just so refreshing. He always had a new story to tell every time. And every time he retold the story, it always sounded brand new. So happy birthday to Vin Scully. Yes, well said. HBD Vin. Um, we were lucky enough to... Just catch the end of Vin Scully's career, right? Um, obviously, didn't see him for the majority of our lives, but just at the end, uh, we did catch Vin on the call at Dodger Stadium. Um, with that being said, we're going to sign off. We appreciate everybody for listening in. Be sure to share the podcast, rate the podcast, follow the podcast. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Dodgers. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Wherever you are, viewers, have a safe one. Have a healthy one. View the podcast. Like it. Do all that good stuff. And lastly, like always, go Dodgers.